0: Yo, what up, dogs, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. As always, I'm here with my very good friends, Nathan McDonald. Hello. And
1: Micah Burge. What's up, my homies?
0: All right, guys, so uh, today we are going to be covering uh, the... AFC West. Uh, Last episode, obviously, we did the NFC West. But before we get into that, I did want to cover the hottest news. Less than 24 hours ago, Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-rounder and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that turns into a first-round pick if either Carson Wentz completes 75% of the snaps next season or they make the playoffs. Uh, So, Micah, what's your instant reaction to that?
1: My instant reaction is that Carson Wentz is either going to play so bad they have to bench him or he's going to get hurt once again, and Jacob Eason will be able to come in and shine. I cannot wait to see it because this is the best chance for Jacob Eason to see the field this upcoming season. It is a long shot and it happening, but I thought that was the only way Jacob Eason would start in the season if Carson Wentz comes in and plays terrible or he does really well and gets hurt. Who knows, but I still think it's a good move by the Colts. Because if you do, if he does end up taking seventy-five percent of the steps, stays healthy, plays good, it turns into a late first-round pick. Great deal for Carson. His cap is not as bad through the trade. Uh, I, I like it for Indianapolis. This is a win-win all
0: around. And you, Nathan?
2: They haven't even committed to Easton being the backup next year. I'm sorry, but that that horse is dead i'm
1: riding that gravy train
2: yeah i'm sure you are (laughs) uh yeah anyway i mean i i think it's a great it's the best trade possible for carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. he's going to frank reich he's going to the person who believes in him the most if there is a place he's going to be successful it's behind that great o-line it's with frank reich um it's with a great running game that he can lean on so yeah, I, I think if there's any situation he's gonna succeed, it's there. So um and I think the Colts needed someone and I think they got the guy that they wanted. So and didn't have to pay King's Ransom to get it. Um, so I think it's a good move for them. It staves off the need for a quarterback for the immediate future. And uh yeah, I think it'll work out for uh, for both teams.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And uh yeah, there's a lot of people that credit Frank Reich more than Doug Peterson for the Super Bowl win in 2017. Uh so yeah, I think this is the best place that Carson Wentz could have ended up and if there is a place where he can even become close to what he once was, I think this is a, a really good ch- shot for him to do that and honestly if he plays like the quarterback like not fantasy but real life like if he plays like the quarterback like 14 the Colts are going to go to the playoffs. Like he doesn't have to be a superstar. We saw Phillip rivers come in and play last year. And honestly, I thought Phillip rivers was way more dead and way more. Like I thought his career was completely over and was going to be way worse than he actually was this season. And he put together, I mean, he led them to the playoffs. They came, uh, you know, they were competitive in their playoff game against a good team. So, uh, you know, it, it, I think this could be really great for the Colts. And honestly, it's great for the Eagles too, because it's, they got a possible first round pick out of it. They got a third rounder and ultimately they traded a guy that wasn't going to play it for him. We learned that for like six to eight weeks, him and Doug Peterson weren't even talking. So clearly this was like a situation where he was just not going to budge. He was not going to play. He did not want to play for Philadelphia anymore. And So he got what he wanted, and, and yeah, I think this is a good trade. And I think it makes him a fantasy viable quarterback. And he's younger Mm -hmm. than Phillip Rivers, much younger than Phillip Rivers. So they could actually – he could be there for several years. So um, that's uh, very interesting. And, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts goes transitioning to the Eagles. There's been talk they aren't going to – Uh, They're going to bring in some competition and that might be true, but I think they're going to build the offense at least in the beginning around him and give him a shot. Um, I I really think uh, Jamar Chase is, is a really strong shot if he doesn't get picked before pick number six for the Eagles uh, for them to get. And um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, but I think this works out great for both teams, but. uh, I'm just
2: happy because it's the largest cap dead cap hit in history and overshadows my Rams and their Jared Goff cap hit. So <laughs> yeah, one-one yep. yeah. for the team. And it makes <laughs>
0: – uh, yeah, no, yeah, it, it, it totally does. Yeah, there, there was a the, – to, to trade away somebody and, and take that much of a cap hit is is a clear signal that they were completely done and clearly didn't believe in Carson Wentz at all anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that turns out. I think maybe the Eagles could grow to regret it uh, just seeing maybe the Colts in the playoffs for the next couple of years. Seeing the quarterback, you know, they traded away for possibly. It'll probably end up a first rounder, but that's because the Colts will probably make it to the playoffs. So, has has Carson Wentz ever played a playoff game? Mm-hmm. I don't believe he has. He might not. Might not have. That might he, be- he always breaks
1: down before it gets there. Yeah. To that point. Yeah. Wow! So, yeah, and Foles played in both of their playoffs because when they won yeah. the Super Bowl, he played. And then the next year when they, what, the double doink happened, they won. Yeah. And yeah. then they lost to the Saints. You're You're awesome. Foles. Wow. Someone was, yeah. beat the Bears. So, so, yeah.
2: Something to think about there. But, uh, sure. yeah.
0: We will see. Well, uh with that, guys, we'll move into the bulk of our episode and we're going to break down the AFC West and all of the fantasy viable options uh from last season and kind of projecting forward um also kind of projecting the team what we think they might do with some of this free agency and some of these picks uh it'll be really interesting to see but uh with that we'll jump right into it And we're going to begin with the Denver Broncos and uh Micah why don't you start us out and talk about uh, Denver Broncos overall, uh, you can talk about their quarterback situation starting out. And, uh, yeah, go ahead, bud.
1: Here's the thing with the Broncos. They have a lot of talent at every position but the quarterback position. I do not believe in Drew Locke. I think they need to get another quarterback through the draft, trade, whatever they can do. Trade up to number four with the Atlanta Falcons – and draft themselves a quarterback because drew lock is not it and the fact that he got this whole season to try to prove himself and he just still played like he did in college i have watched many of mizzou games where he would look oh he looked really good throwing a deep ball and then the next one would go 20 yards past the guy he has a good zip on his throw he's tall that's why john elway likes him but i think he's just proved already that he he, he ain't it and he's not the same reason
2: it's the same reason, reason they drafted uh, paxton lynch
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: That 2016, I mean, obviously you had Dak Prescott, but that 2016 draft, man, was a minefield. Like, I remember dreading it as a Rams fan because Paxton Lynch was the kind of guy we were looking at before trading Mm up. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, I think golf, aside from Dak, has probably been the best, but Mm -hmm. it was a shit show.
1: I saw a tweet.
0: I'm sorry, go ahead, Micah.
1: No, go ahead, go ahead.
0: I saw a tweet from Phil Yates that said, uh, none of the quarterbacks drafted from the 2016 class are now currently with the team they were drafted by. So yeah, that kind of goes to, to show, show it, that it,
2: uh, it could change with Dak like re-signing, right. I believe. Right. But as of right now, he's not re-signed with the Cowboys.
1: That Dude, and I saw using that same draft. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I saw another thing. It was, um, from 2009 to 2016, every first-round quarterback drafted that's still playing is no longer with the team that drafted them. So there was literally a stretch from when Matt Ryan was taken in 2008 to when Patrick Mahomes was taken in 2017, that all those first-rounders ended up either getting traded, cut, retired, whatever. And so that's what worries me about this upcoming quarterback class. There's a ton of quarterbacks. Everyone wants to act like they're going to be good. Some of them are not going to be very good. And there may be a slew where like four or five of them are very, very good. But I think that is extremely rare when you have this many quarterbacks in one class. Uh, Some of them are going to be like a minefield. And I think the Broncos are going to take a swing at this minefield and well, we'll see what it does. But anything's better than Drew Locke.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think they're... Uh, I've heard talk. They're going to try to go after Deshaun Watson. I don't know if that's Mm going to work because there's other teams that are going to go after Deshaun Watson that have higher draft capital capital and also better quarterbacks to trade than drew lock. So um, I'm not sure that that's going to work out for them. I do think um, it'll be interesting to see if maybe one of these veterans that are going to test free agency um, end up there. Um, But, yeah, they're, they might have to take a swing at it at the draft for their first round. But if uh, if Drew Locke does start the next year, if they aren't, ever, uh, maybe they bring in somebody and they compete and Drew Locke starts out the year with the job. Um, you know, I, I I think there's a slight chance that, that happens, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I guess I think there's maybe a 10 to 20 percent chance that that's a possibility. And so, uh, you know, if you are doing a dynasty draft, of course, there's deep, deep rosters Um, I might be willing to take a swing at him if it's late enough, you know, just in case of that possibility. And there were certain games and certain plays where he showed the ability to scramble out of the pocket pocket and create plays and make some really, you know, zippy throws. He has great arm strength, um, but doesn't make great decisions. And uh, yeah, just isn't quite as athletic as some of these other guys. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that drew lock is going to be able to be an NFL quarterback, but it'll be interesting to see if they did, if he somehow does, like I said, maybe 10 to 20% chance that he gets that third swing. uh, If he could possibly bounce back. Like I said, I think it's worth taking a shot. If you're, you know, once you're in the 15th to 20th round, Hey, why not? If I can get a quarterback, but uh, yeah, with that, we're going to move on to uh, the running backs and uh, talk about some of the running backs here. So Nathan, why don't you talk about the running back core of the Denver Broncos?
2: Yeah, well, it will be interesting to see what it is next year, because right now they have Melvin Gordon, and that's kind of the chief number one guy going into next year. Philip Lindsay is a free agent, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, I, I am interested to see kind of what market value he fetches in free agency, so the Broncos might not be willing to pay it. Uh, they have a bunch of high dollar free agents hitting the market that they're going to have to spend money on or have to find replacements for so uh yeah they they might be a leading candidate to get a guy uh in the mid or late rounds as a running back so uh you know i'm trying to think of somebody who'd be great at that spot but like trey sermon would be a good compliment there especially if they got a smaller like speed back um but uh but we'll have to see what they do there but melvin gordon is the only chief guy that i would say is fantasy relevant um right now that they have signed
0: and and how do you feel about Melvin Gordon? Just uh, you know, I, he's getting up there in age, uh, so you know, of course, his dynasty value takes a hit there. But just uh, we'll just talk about projecting forward next year. Do you feel like um, he might have some some value there? Maybe he'll be slept on in, uh, by some people in some drafts. Is that maybe somebody you'd be willing to target, or do you think this is somebody you're going to stay away from? Uh, where are you at on Melvin Gordon in that regard, Nathan?
2: Yeah, I mean, I see him as definitely at least a valuable, you know, probably RB3. Uh, He still put up almost 15 points a game this year, so that's very valuable. Um, You know, especially as an RB3, I'll take that all day long. He will be uh, 28 at the start of next season, but I I still think he has a couple good years left. But the big thing will be to see what kind of competition they bring in for him. Um, If they bring in a stud running back, then, you know, yeah, I mean, if they bring in someone like Aaron Jones, then we're, we're talking a different story there. So we'll, we'll just have to see.
0: Yeah, and Micah?
1: Yeah, I agree. Melvin Gordon's the main guy in that offense. He's in his last year, and they have cap space. They might resign him to, like, a two-, three-year deal after this year. So mm-hmm. if he likes the franchise, they like him. I can see him staying with the Broncos and them sticking it out with him. It's just it's tough for me to tell at a back who's gonna be twenty-eight this year when you know he tried to have his little lockout with himself that kind of backfired a little bit and he ended up not getting the contract he wanted. And then he comes back this year and he plays good, not great. It doesn't seem like he was like the way he used to be. And that was only a couple year stretch where he was really ripping it off. Uh you know, maybe if he like falls later in drafts, kinda you sold me in your draft, Josiah, you had um, that Robert Woods went in the ninth round. Yes. Correct? Yeah. If yeah. Melvin Gordon's gonna fall like to around that range at that point, you take someone that you're like pretty confident can play for two or three more years at a starting level. Absolutely. Instead of a guy like that could be really good. Sometimes you just gotta go for the sure things when the value's there. Yeah, that and, makes a lot
0: of sense.
1: And he still has, I think, gas
2: in the tank. I mean, he's still average. Mm-hmm. Out- 4.6 yards of carry this year he got 32 receptions as well so um yeah he seems to have a pretty safe floor at least
0: yeah no i agree with that he actually had pretty decent stats he was the overall rb 14 in ppr leagues. i mean that's that's a high-end rb too i mean you know i don't think a lot of people thought of him that way but he almost got to a thousand yards he was 14 yards short on the ground and uh yeah, he had nine touchdowns. See, that's the thing about Mel- Melvin Gordon that is very slept on. I think, didn't uh, his rookie year, he didn't have any touchdowns, but then pretty much every year after that, he's, man- he's just a touchdown hound. He manages to, like from the six, seven yard line, manages to find that end zone. He's really good with his goal line touches, even when it's not from the one or two yard line. So, um, yeah, that's that's his real skill, and, and and or not his only skill, but a big value in fantasy, certainly. And I do think he might have one or two good years left in him, certainly. I'm not co- totally convinced they're gonna get rid of Lindsey, and here's why. Uh, he's from Denver, he actually lived in his parents' basement through the entire uh, uh, first year of him being in the NFL, and uh, yeah, he, I think he'd be willing to maybe take a smaller deal or maybe less money to stay there, potentially. Uh, and he's a great uh, complement to Melvin Gordon. Not to mention Melvin Gordon does have a DUI and pos- probable, or is it definite upcoming suspension for the first uh, two to four games of the season? I'm going to have to like research exactly the parameters of all that. I actually think he's pleading not guilty in court currently, so it'll still be – have to see what happens there, but it's possible he's not going to be there for the first two to four weeks. So they might want to be able to sign a guy like Philip Lindsay, who's familiar with the system, can fill in for that time. Uh, and, you know, they, they've made a great one-two punch. If he'll take the right price, uh, I think that's possible that he stays there. And is still a, a valuable RB3 kind of guy. Um, so I wouldn't sleep on Philip Lindsay. We'll just have to see what happens in free agency. With that, let's move on to these pass catchers. So I think it's a really interesting pass catching group. Um, Micah, why don't you walk us through the interesting pass catchers?
1: There's actually there's actually kind of like a clogged at the top there because you got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. I, I think in that order is how I would rank them. But, honestly, any of the three could end up being better than the other three. I don't know which direction these wide receivers are heading in. I think they're all good enough to where you need to have them on your team going forward and the big thing is quarterback play we saw drew lot didn't play well last year they get a new quarterback all their stocks are rising up if drew lot stays a quarterback you go ahead and buy them low because they'll be probably doing better going forward um and then you slide noah Fant into the mix they have a bunch of weapons so uh, they got to go get a quarterback you got all these guys on young rookie contracts you have to like go one for it now uh even though well we'll say the broncos are letting go of von miller and i worry about how much they want to contend right now so we'll see then that has not been confirmed just
2: to let everyone know uh, but i don't know the fact that they're even kind of deciding mm-hmm. it's only a, it's it's a 18 million dollar cap hit which is a lot but for someone like von miller you would expect them to just kind of yep. hit the accept button on that so uh you know i i'm not sure all the legalities of it but i'm wondering if they could sign him to the option and then trade him to a place like houston that just lost jj watt and use that as trade bait for deshaun watson uh could be an interesting move but like it um but yeah i mean i i still think sutton is the clear-cut wide receiver one on this team going forward um kj hamler has looked good as of late, Micah, you and I have voiced our concerns about Jerry Judy, but, again, if he can fix his drops and his, you know, kind of mental issues, then he could easily uh, jump up into a much higher echelon of wide receivers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes there, but I still think Sutton's the man. Uh, Noah Fant and Albert O are the two names Noah tight end. We, you know, went over Albert O a little bit in our tight end uh, rookie review from, what was it, Episode 3 or 4, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but yeah, so I, I think he's a sneaky, uh, low buy at that position. And then Noah Fant is obviously a very valuable tight end to have going forward, uh, especially in dynasty. So, uh, yeah, c- keep an eye on both those guys. Uh, drew lock seems to like the tight end position. So if he's sticking around may actually be good, new- good news for them.
1: And anyone who's already had Noah Fant on your team, congratulations. I envy you. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is an, uh, maybe one of the most, appealing pass catching cores in the league and they absolutely do have to get somebody to throw the ball to them but i do think if they can manage to land one of these rookies trade up they're going to be in a really good situation to whoever that rookie may be to to have a great first year and to get off to a great start um the the combination of these receivers is really awesome because Cortland sutton's six four he's a contested catch above your head kind of guy uh, he's, he's really good in open space and, uh, you know, he tore his ACL at the, I think it was in preseason, uh, this year. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, you know, week really one. bad. I'm a little, I'm sorry. Right. For okay.
2: for sudden tore it in week one, I think.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. He, very, he was yeah very early sure. in the season. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I hope he's going to have a huge bounce back obviously, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I, maybe a little bit of concern about the ACL tear. Um, But, yeah, obviously I'm a big guy on Jerry Judy. I think he, especially if he can get a quarterback, he's going to be able to bounce back. But in combination with Cortland Sutton, I think it's actually going to help Jerry Judy not being covered by the number one Cornerback and I mean Jerry Judy's 6-1 but he's this great route runner, yards after catch guy. And so that's a great compliment with a contested catch guy like uh Cortland Sutton. And then Kayla, KJ Handler's the speedster. He's very fast, uh, you know, a great slot guy, a little bit shorter, but uh yeah, he's got great talent and uh he's actually really hard to he breaks a lot of tackles for a small guy So this is yeah, definitely great receiving core. Noah Fant, I'm really big on Noah Fant. I think uh I have him. Ranked higher in my dynasty rankings than a lot of people probably will. <laughs> um, I haven't ranked it either, tight end five or six. I really think he's a super talented, one of the elite pass catching tight ends, uh, and especially downfield uh, catching 20 plus yard catches and things. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll really see. We have to. Do it. it all depends on the quarterback for this team. Uh, they also need offensive line help. I expect them to try to address that, uh, whether in free agency or um they they lost Dalton Reisner a really good up and coming uh offensive lineman this year he's coming back but they they need to fill probably two or three of those other spots so I think they're going to focus on that and yeah the quarterback obviously and uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with Von Miller and everything else but with that we'll move on to our next I've got something to add on the draft oh go ahead yep yep go ahead I mean, they obviously
2: have some needs on the offensive line and are trying to sort out the quarterback position, but just looking at some of the free agents they have, you've got A.J. Bouye, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, uh, all in the secondary alone, So and possibly Von Miller on the edge. So they got a lot of big-time pieces on defense that they're going to have to find replacements for. I mean, assuming they'll re-sign one or, you know, maybe one or two of those guys, but they, they're going to have to spend a good bit of draft capital and uh, free agency money on the defensive side of the ball as well.
1: And Vic Vancio is their head coach, so he's going to want to address those issues. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's going to be their focus. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that was a great point to add, uh, Nathan. I appreciate you chiming in there. Um, uh, but with that, we will move on to the next team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, there's one guy you got to start out talking about, and you can't talk about anybody else before him, and that is Patrick Mahomes. He is the 101. If you are in a super flex dynasty, he is the 101. If you're in a one quarterback dynasty, he's still a first round pick. I don't know about the 101, but uh, you know, uh, he is absolutely the guy to have. He's under. He has 10 years on. a Just signed a 10 year contract, the largest contract in NFL history. He is the most talented quarterback in the league surrounded by some of the most talented players. Um, is there anything I, you guys got to add to that? I mean, you know, yeah, I draft Patrick Mahomes, you know, best strategy. There you go. <laughs> That's Yeah. My draft.
2: Mahomes is good. The sky's blue. Um, yeah. I feel like yeah. our
1: listeners probably <laughs> yeah. got the message on this one a long right. time ago. You're listening to uh, fantasy
0: podcasts. You, you know that already. Yeah. And if you so. have the
1: number one pick, you're taking Mahomes. That's just the way it is. Right. But, uh, yeah, I definitely
2: think maybe aside from tied in, their other positions are a bit more interesting, especially with uh, them losing Sammy Watkins this year, not mm-hmm. to jump ahead of running backs or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's likely they're not going to be bringing him back. So, uh, Nicole Hardman might be a good buy low right now, guys. He is. Um, so, he came back strong in the playoffs after fucking up. So, uh, he, he knows how to <laughs> rebound. Um but
0: yeah let's go ahead and jump into the uh, uh pass catchers uh there mm-hmm. we can we, we don't have to go in exact order every time uh yeah miko hardman i think he i would also project him to be the number two next year um you mentioned sammy Watkins. also demarcus robinson is a mm-hmm. free agent and, and not not that he was taking too many targets away but uh, i think there were times where he was on the field and miko wasn't so of course we're georgia boys this is the fantasy football dogs podcast for a reason. And uh, we're very excited for the prospects of Nicole Hardman, but I do think uh, if they don't, even if they did bring in another guy in there, I still think Nicole could have value. Um, But uh, Mike, I think you mentioned something about Tyreek Hill, the last episode that was a little surprising to me, but uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about Tyreek Hill and talk about where you might have him rank.
1: Uh, Tyreek Hill is the top wide receiver in dynasty fantasy football. I'm going to take him number one. He still has another couple years on his contract there in Kansas City, and he's one of those guys where I don't think he's just a product of their system in Mahomes. He's going to be a beast no matter where he's playing with the talent that he has. So I'm going to take Hill over everyone else, and that's just all there is to it. And then you have Miko. He's another good guy. Because after that, they really don't have anybody. Like you said, everyone's going to be a free agent. They're going to be spending some low draft picks on wide receivers. Maybe bringing in some cheap, cheap free agents with how their cap space is about to be going forward. And yeah, their 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 whole pass catchers are also just so interesting because outside of those two guys and then Travis Kelsey, they really don't have anybody. And no one, none of their backup tight ends end up getting playing time because Travis Kelsey's never hurt. And they only run one tight end sets. So they end up drafting a tight end somehow, take that guy in case Kelsey ends up falling off or getting hurt. Um, but yeah, I, I just think they're in an interesting situation because no matter who, with Mahomes as the quarterback, pass catchers are gonna do good in that offense. So I don't know where they're gonna go from here, but you have to just take those guys.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I have a theory about fantasy football, and this is Mm -hmm. my theory. All right. Elite pass catchers in an offense is fantasy gold. Three, you don't want three. One, you don't really want one. You want two elite pass catchers in an offense for fantasy purposes. Of course, in real life football, you want as many elite options out there. But when you're targeting options on a, a fantasy football team, if that team has two pass catchers they get a high concentration of those targets that is fantasy gold it's predictable um and i, I it, it often works out and i think tyree kill and travis kelsey are that perfect duo in the league absolutely tyree kill i have them ranked i'm gonna have him rank somewhere between uh, i think two and four um uh the guys uh for me that i think it is hard that i will struggle with uh, Devonte adams i have number one um, he's, he, you know, he's 28, but I still think he has three, four good years of being the number one receiver in the league with Aaron Rodgers. and, um, uh, Tyreek Hill uh, is a little bit less consistent than Devonte Adams. And so, um, although Devonte Adams does have a little bit more of an injury history, so I can understand the, the argument for Tyreek Hill, certainly. Um, but yeah, no, um, the other guys that it's hard for me to decide between for him is Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs. Uh, I know for me, I'm probably a little bit high on Stefan Diggs, but I think I have, I'm going to have him at either three or four. Um, he was the uh, number one uh, fantasy wide receiver this year. Um, he it just started this offense with Josh Allen, but I digress. I won't get too deep into that hey, stuff. Can I
1: just say something about Stephon Diggs real quick? Absolutely. If you have Stephon Diggs, you need to trade him. And if you were doing a startup draft, you avoid him for the draft pick that he's going to be going at. Well that's a hot take but that's something we'll get into later Micah. But I mean uh, I like Stephon but, Diggs and I think he's good. I just think that his price is the highest it's ever going to be and sometimes you got to go when the price is as high as possible. He's still going to be good and someone's going to get good value out of trading for him. But I do think you might need to let him go.
0: No, I, uh, I I I agree but for me yeah Tyreek Hill that those are the two guys that I struggle with 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 Tyreek Hill and uh You know, uh, Michael Hardman, he's interesting. Definitely. Travis Kelsey, obviously we talked about it last week. If you're in a redraft, um, definitely Travis Kelsey is going to, he just had the best tight end season ever. Um, he had the most yards in the league, you know, you probably got to take him number one, but if you're in a dynasty, I think it is a little bit tougher of a question, mainly depending on your strategy. But, uh, in most cases, I think we talked about it last week. We might take Kittle over that, but, um, all right, with that, let's move to this running back core here and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I guess I'll I'll start out talking here about my man Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and uh I can't I don't remember exactly all of the rookie running backs but I remember Zeke was on this list, uh, Gurley, there wasn't an non-elite option but uh there's only a handful of guys I think it's seven or eight people that uh got 1100 all purpose yards in their rookie year uh rookie season. There was a couple of them to, to do it this this season but uh Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is now in that list. Um, he had a very good season he really did it was it was concentrated heavy at the beginning uh, he got injured they brought in Le'Veon Bell we've talked about all this but he has the talent if he's going to get on the field um, in the Super Bowl he wasn't used much in the first half uh, but he was really the brightest star on the field for that uh, that particular game uh, when he did get the ball in his hands uh, of course on the ground he caught one pass and got smashed so <laughs> not not that part but Anyways, um, yeah, I'm very high on this guy. I think he's definitely going to be at least, I mean, I think his absolute floor is RB 15 next year, but I mean, I I have him somewhere between uh, eight and 15. I mean, I think he's, he has a really, I think he's going to be really good. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, It's going to be interesting with some of these other guys. They got Daryl Williams, who's a free agent. I expect they might not sign him again. They still have Damian Williams, who I think has one more year on his contract. Is that right? It is. Um, so, uh, yeah, I expect Damian Williams to be the cha- change of pace guy. Um, if they do keep da- Darrell Williams, there might be a competition between the two of them, but I expect one of them to share the load. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm obviously very high on Clyde Edwards-Solaire. We've talked about our feelings of the rookie running backs, but um, uh, what about you guys? How do you you see this shaking out? Do you think they might bring someone else in? Do you think they are keeping the guys they got? Uh, how do you feel about the running back court here? I'll pass it to you, them. Yeah I, feel
2: like, uh, yeah, I feel like they're likely to bring someone in. Um, Daryl Williams has definitely improved as the season's gone on and gotten more and more snaps. The fact that he's got, like, over twice as many targets as, um, as Clyde in the Super Bowl is concerning for Clyde. Um, also, he seems to be used a lot more in pass protection than Clyde now. Uh, that was evident in the Super Bowl as well. So, with Damian Williams coming back – by the way, if you want to buy low guy, a lot of people kind of have completely forgotten about him. so uh, yep. yeah, he's probably just sitting on your waiver wire somewhere if you're in dynasty. so look him up. um but yeah well i've I've spoken my piece on Clyde. Uh, the analytics history is not on his side to be a long term successful option in fantasy, so. I, uh, yeah, there's not much more to say on that. I, I think his decline in usage, his lack of consistent dominance in the passing game compared to the other running backs. I mean, Damian Williams isn't even there yet and he didn't receive most of the targets or receptions in the playoffs. So it's concerning. So I I would steer
1: well away from Clyde over to Lair. But Michael, what do you think? I have a future prediction of what's going to happen with the Chiefs backfield. They will have Clyde edwards Lair and Damian Williams essentially splitting snaps this year. Damian Williams will leave, and then they will draft a running back because Clyde won't be able to be the full-time guy, and they're not going to give Clyde his fifth-year option because that will be way too much for what he's going to be used for, especially the cap hell that they're mm-hmm. entering. So I think that's just going to happen. Look out and see if they sign somebody else to like bring into the backfield this year, but I would just wait until next year's draft where I'm certain they're going to draft somebody.
0: So just to be clear do you think it's more likely that they bring someone else in uh, or do you think it's more likely I think Micah you you said that you thought it was going to be Clyde and Damien this next year but mm-hmm. uh, Micah I'm sorry Nathan uh, wh- which which do you feel is more likely you, you just mentioned you thought they might bring someone else in I mean
2: they they need to upgrade a lot of their defense so I don't know an offensive can, line <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah we'll get into that in a second but they, I, I don't see them spending very high draft capital on it, for sure. And they can't pay a whole bunch of money for a free agent. So I do see it more likely being a split next year. But I think there is still a good chance they're going to bring some guy in for competition. But no matter if they do or don't, we know he's going to have more competition next year than he did this year. Speaking about Clyde over to Lair. So no matter what, he's going to have more competition for the touches.
0: All right. Um, well, yeah, we kind of touched on this, but obviously, if you watch the Super Bowl, you know that the Kansas City Chiefs need offensive line help uh, mm-hmm. desperately. I mean, of course, they had a lot of injuries, but um, you know, uh, I'm not sure who they're losing to free agency, if anybody. But a they lot. still they they still need even if they were the same five guys, they they need offensive line help. That's not uh, they they weren't great all season, and it really is the Achilles uh Achilles Hill of that offense so I expect them to use their first round draft pick on the best lineman that's available um do you guys disagree with that I mean of course there's defensive positions they could fill too and maybe they'll just take the best player available but um yeah what do you guys think about the draft and possibly free agency Micah
1: Um, when you're the Chiefs, you just go best player available you can't really mess up any draft picks with how you're going to be kind of you know sucking salary cap hell once again and you're not gonna be able to spend as much so you really need to nail the draft and you get the best player available every time when you're in that situation Nathan I
2: agree to an extent but I mean like I they pretty much lost the Super Bowl because they couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes Yeah, um, yeah so sure. it's it's a big problem and you know Mitchell Swartz he got seriously hurt so um he's a question mark eric fisher got seriously hurt at the very end of the year so he's probably not going to be ready at the start of next season or be limited so Uh, micah seems like he has a point he wants to make so what are you
1: thinking madman they can make a trade they can trade with the tennessee titans for isaiah wilson and bring him in and see (laughs) see if he can play all right dude
2: i hate to say it and i hate to go Go ahead and call a man's career now, but Isaiah Wilson is a bust with a big bust. capital B I've, bust. I,
0: for anybody that maybe maybe just pays attention to only fantasy football, Isaiah Wilson is a, a guard uh, from tackle, you, tackle. offensive tackle, from from the University of Georgia that they drafted two or three no, years last ago. Last year last, last year. year he's a working oh he, wow it feels like his saga has lasted so long <laughs> but <laughs> he, he got like
2: DUI's and arrested and
0: yes yeah, so i think he's been arrested twice in that year and yeah it's just been not a good year they've they've said they aren't mm-hmm. sure what they're going to do with him in the future um which is very disappointing as uh you know georgia georgia graduates and georgia fans uh when a, when when our guys go and do that um that being said deandre baker didn't do it he, yeah yeah we Kansas Kansas can at least have
2: <laughs> redemption in the fact that deandre baker was framed that means <laughs> yes, the victim they were after yeah, his yeah. Mula. i'm glad to see him get a yes. spot back and i actually do have a point on him in a second but um but yeah i mean the the chiefs we're, we're gonna have to see them improve their offensive line i think i think they could be trying to target somebody uh uh, I'm trying to think of what kind of offensive lineman is going to be there for their pick. Uh wrote someone down? Oh, Jalen Mayfield would be a great tackle for them to target that range. Mm-hmm. Um the center from Alabama, uh, Landon Dickerson would also be a good guy to target. So he should go before um, their pick. They could put that him at center good. or guard. Dude,
1: but Landon I mean, Dickerson
2: I honestly did. think he will.
1: You think so? Dude, um, yeah, there's somebody like especially good.
2: Mm -hmm. But like, you know, all the tackles and stuff are going to go earlier. All the guys with links go earlier and the shorter guys that can only play interior are going to go later. So I think it's a very real landing spot for them. So um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I do think they have to put emphasis on protecting Mahomes. You can't give a guy that much money for that many years and not protect your most valuable asset.
0: All right. With that, we're going to move to our third team. And that is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And, um, you know, this is a really interesting team. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the season. Um, But I want to start out by talking about Derek Carr. Um, I think there's a, uh, the consensus opinion a lot. Most people think he's, they are shopping him. There have been rumors they've heard trade trade offers for him. But um, let me go over his stats last season. He had 4,103 yards, 27 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. He also had three rushing touchdowns. He was in fantasy. He was the quarterback number 14. He was a high-end quarter, uh, quarterback, too. If you're in a uh, super flex league, he's a guy you want on your team. This isn't a bad quarterback. He's he, Don't get me wrong. He's not an elite quarterback. But I do think he's in the top 15 quarterbacks in the league, and uh, you know, I don't know if they're gonna keep him, but I do think wherever he goes, he will be the starter, at least for this next upcoming season. Maybe he'll drop off and maybe when we have this episode next year, uh, I'll be saying something completely different. But I'm I haven't given up on Derek Carr. And I, I don't I'm I don't think he's gonna win a Super Bowl with anybody. And, you know, maybe if that's if that's what the Las Vegas Raiders are really looking to do, maybe they will move on. But um, you know, he had a great season. I mean 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's not bad for any quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, uh, do you guys uh, have anything to add about Derek Carr, conflicting opinions? Uh, Micah? I like Derek Carr. I think he
1: should be the starter next year on the Raiders. I think he gets kind of a bad rep. I think he's kind of more into the Andy Dalton line that we used to use as to judge quarterbacks. Could he's- he be, especially with the –
2: Marcus Mariota bring in his competition, but likely not beating him out. He could be the new Andy Dalton line.
1: Good but point, see, Mike.
2: I never thought about that. Okay. Please continue.
1: But there's a paradox around that is because I do think that he's better than Marcus Mariota, but I do think Marcus Mariota can and probably will start for another team this year where I heard reports of him possibly going to the football team in Washington And then, or possibly to the Patriots, which I think would be a perfect fit for him in New England. They run a bunch of, like, short crossing patterns, slants, all this crazy stuff with Josh McDaniels. He would be perfect for that with his arm abilities not being as good as some of the top-tier quarterbacks. It'd be Mm -hmm. a perfect fit for him. Or another man, Gardner Minshew, which we will talk about in other podcasts. But oh, man. I do don't think with Mariota, hopefully, hopefully as
2: little as possible, but
1: uh. <laughs> don't get him hot and bothered. <laughs> but Marcus Mariota, I do think will end up being a starter probably somewhere next year. And it's tough to va- where I value him, because if someone's going to draft him really early, thinking he's going to turn around, let him go. But if you've already had him and picked him up late late in drafts before, keep on a Mariota because he could end up becoming a starter maybe even for the Raiders, who knows what their relationship is with Derek Carr. They say they Derek Carr is going to be the starter, but we've seen teams lie, lie, lying in. So I don't know. I think both of them, you should have them rostered and I would try to get them this offseason if you can, because their value will be kind of low.
2: And to put the finishing touches on quarterback, Yeah, I agree. I think Derek Carr is going to be a starter next year. Um, Definitely a fantasy asset that you need to keep an eye on. Um, And Mariota, if you're in dynasty leagues, might be a really good buy low right now. Um, You know, Carson Wentz was probably a real good buy low for a lot of people as well. Um, I had him in one league and I traded him away and I got him for good value, but... I'll be honest, I'm regretting not holding on to him until he for sure had that starting gig and then trading him away for maximum value. So, um, so yeah, that, that might be something to keep in mind with Mariota. See if you can buy him low now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. W- what do you think, Josiah?
0: Yeah, what I'll add to that is I think what you guys basically touched on, but I'll summarize and say that, I think the Raiders need to trade one of these guys in the off season and get some mm-hmm. draft capital, or mm-hmm. or a defensive starter. If they could get a defensive starter to fill the many holes they have on defense, yeah. that would be wonderful. Uh, but either way, mm-hmm. I think they would be unwise to hold both of these guys and have it be a competition for another year. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of hype sur- surrounding Marcus Mariota. They could maybe get a second or third. I think they could maybe go for a first if they were trying to trade Derek Carr. So um you know it just depends on what they're trying to do going forward and how much they believe in Derek Carr but um Mm -hmm. yeah as a fantasy asset I do believe in Derek Carr and I think you mentioned Marcus Mariota and that's a very deep buy low absolutely like you could probably get him for cents on the dollar but I think Derek Carr is also uh to to a less extreme degree a buy low I think the Derek Carr Mm -hmm. owner like like Nathan mentioned would be willing to uh maybe maybe sell him right now in this time of uncertainty so
2: Mm-hmm. And, I, and I looked into a few reports on this, and it, it seemed like they got some serious offers for Derek Carr, and uh, they just weren't interested in it. So, yeah, yeah I think uh, Mariota is going to be the guy moving.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if you're a team that maybe you're a quarterback away and maybe you don't want to spend one of your high rookie draft picks on one of these quarterbacks coming in you'd rather go after one of these receivers Derek Carr might be a great guy for you to target for your quarterback number 2 uh like i like i mentioned he's he's almost certainly i'd I, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but almost certainly I would be willing to bet he's going to be a starter. So, um, yeah, with that, we'll move on to the rest of this team. Let's go to the rushing core here. Oh, well, I say core, but really there's not too many guys to talk about. There's one guy to talk about uh, for sure, and that man's name is Josh Jacobs. Uh, Nathan, why don't you share your thoughts on Josh Jacobs?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a very good running back. I don't put him in that elite echelon of guys but i think he's in that tier below um i think going forward with you know how many guys that are going to be coming back that were injured this last year i project him kind of as like a, a mid or high-end rv2 for this next season so uh but the the great thing about him is he's getting the volume um so they they might be looking at upgrading their o-line a little bit in the off season as well it's not a particular huge weakness for them but it's not the strength they used to be so uh if they do that i mean he's he's a very good runner and that's where he excels but he's not a slouch in the passing game either he still gets work there um but he, he does have a a little bit of competition there from like Devonte booker and stuff but i i don't remember is he a free agent i, I don't know yeah, he's he a is. free
1: agent okay
2: he is, he um, is. And so, I yeah i don't know
0: that um, it was competition as much as just change of pace yeah i mean it's yeah. not
2: it's just like yeah it's not anybody that's putting him on the bench very often but um with that being said the fact that they don't have any second guy in this and jacobs i do think has worn down a little bit the past couple years because of his usage so i would expect them to be adding a secondary guy in um you know how good he is will depend on how much he eats into jacob's carries so we'll have to wait and see but i they are a team that i'm looking to um see adding a running back to their roster
0: yeah micah anything uh, anything to add to that or disagree with Thing.
1: they have josh Jacobs for two more years and if they pick up his fifth year option they have three years to run him down I think that's exactly what their plan is they don't want to give him a second contract they took him and they're like we're gonna run him as much as possible with whatever 2000s offense Jay, john Gruden is trying to run over in Vegas so i i don't really i don't know i don't really see them trying to pull a running back in this draft. And just, you know, run Josh Jacobs into the ground, like I said. And I think they've been drafting so strange since Mayotte got there. I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do every time. And I doubt that they're going to go crazy and try to take a running back. Or they could just be crazy enough and use their first rounder on Najee Harris and try to run a Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs, like Alabama backfield.
0: I think there'd be <laughs> about 12 holes to show before they did that. But Bring back uh, the yeah. wing tee. I, I yeah, I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I might be the highest of the group on him. Uh, one stat that I really impressed me about him: he got 12 touchdowns, but also the Raiders were 30th in scoring oper- or red zone opportunities. So he got 12 touchdowns on one of the teams that was in the red zone the least, and that that is awesome for. And so, if the Raiders can improve their offense and they can get down to the red zone a little bit more often. I mean, going up from 12 is, I mean, he was the RB eight this year. So, I mean, you know, he's already somebody you wanted to have. And I mean, he could, he could, you know, flirt with that top five running back range. Here's the real problem. Uh, when the pass catchers are healthy, like, like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon, uh, he doesn't get as much pass catching work as some of these guys. So, you know, I, he might, I think he's going to flirt around the same between the RB seven to 12 area um, this up, upcoming season. But I think there's definitely a ceiling for higher than that, um, especially if the Raiders can improve their offense and get down in the red zone uh, more often than they did. Again, they're ranked 30th. Uh, but uh, with uh, other than other than that, I have nothing to add. I definitely agree with everything mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, you guys saw there, and uh, I do you know think. What's going to keep like them Nathan from getting in the red zone? What?
1: what? Go, ahead, go ahead, Josiah. We both said what, I said what? Uh, your inquiry. Oh, oh, I thought Josiah was stopping. No. Okay, anyways, all right, well, fine. You, you, you know what problem is going to be getting into the red zone for the Raiders? What? Their wide receiving core. What? It's trash. They're not going to be able to get into the in the red zone. Nice yeah. segue. Yeah, I, move. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, uh, no, the last point I'll add about the running backs is uh, that uh, I do th- agree with Nathan that I don't know if they're going to do it with their draft capital, but I could see them bringing in somebody in free agency, uh, not anybody to really threaten, but maybe an older guy just to change a pace. Uh, if they are letting go of Devonte Booker, um, also maybe a pass catcher if they don't want to use Josh Jacobs in that role. So it'll be interesting to see. But with that, yes, we do we we do need to talk about this wide receiving and a uh, receiving group. And and uh, you know, I, there's 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 some stuff to work with, but it's definitely one of the more lackluster cores in the league. So uh, it's garbage, Micah. You started to it touch is. on that there, so why don't we let you take oh, the lead and talk I, about it? I didn't
1: just touch it; I, you, I grasp it. And I let everyone know that the Raiders receivers are awful. I mean, they're not the worst in the world. They're NFL-capable wide receivers, but I don't want any of them to be my number one or number two. Like, thank God they have Darren Waller or the Raiders would be in even more dude, trouble. Number one and number two. Like, yeah, I dude, want-
2: Would you want – I have Henry Ruggs on my team. And would you want him as your wide receiver three or even a flex play? Because yeah, yeah, go yeah. Receiver,
1: last year. I, I mean, I think he's a wide receiver three <laughs> or flex player at the moment, but like he's I not going to be a wide receiver
0: one or two. I don't think. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, definitely he not. He didn't perform like a wide receiver three this 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 anywhere year. Anywhere
2: close yeah. to it.
0: Like, no, I, yeah. you know, I, I do think, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, You know, I'm sure there's, there's room to blame for him. I think he was one of the more raw prospects of the receivers. I think it might take him some time to adjust to the league. And then also they just weren't using him right. Derek Carr, one criticism I do have about him is he doesn't get the ball down the field a lot. And that's where Henry Ruggs can really shine. Uh, he has that speed where he can get that separation. It's just a matter of hitting him, uh, you know, in stride on time. And um, hopefully that connection, especially if they do keep Derek Carr, can can grow and possibly uh, – You know, even if they aren't chucking balls downfield, just hopefully he can increase his value. I also have him in a couple leagues. And just to let you guys know, I got him in the 10th round. People are very off of him. 10th round for a second year receiver in a dynasty draft uh, that I just finished. So, yeah, it's the people are off of him. He could be a bounce back candidate. We don't always see these guys blow up their first year. Um, you know i'm willing to give him another shot there's also another rookie receiver who had a very down year he only had 15 targets this year his name is brian edwards um he's out of south carolina all three of us saw him a lot in college and uh, mm-hmm. play in college and he was always very impressive and always uh, did a number on our defense and uh you know i think he's a big body guy uh, again he only got 15 targets this year so he wasn't on the field uh, he was injured through part of it um but uh, I do think he could be another bounce back candidate uh, for um, the the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, as far as these other guys, they also have Hunter Renfro in the slot and Nelson Aguilar. Um, he's a free uh, agent. Unlike Aguilar, uh, <laughs> but I, I think he's um, a free
2: agent this year. Yeah, so we'll yeah, have to is. see if they resign him. But yeah, I, he is. I imagine he's not going to be too terribly expensive.
0: No. Well, the heap, it's interesting. There was a, a little bit of a controversy that I was reading about where their last game of the season, Nelson Aguilar said something along the lines of this oh, team. Oh, that's right. This team's yeah, a bunch of don't. losers. This, yeah, this team's a bunch yeah, of losers. Nah, so, yeah, I mean, he's gone. So I have written down I'm pretty certain he's going to be leaving. So, yeah, um good call. I, I totally forgot about that. But, again, maybe he's apologized and smoothed that over. Uh, you know, I can't say that's definitive, but that's my read
2: situation mayock always resolves his problems with unwarranted receivers right
0: yes
2: (laughs) or unruly receivers
0: yes right right but but yeah uh, i think the interesting guy to talk about in this pass catching court is darren waller um nathan Mm -hmm. you share your thoughts on uh the wallerists
2: yeah and just to touch on the pass catchers as a whole um waller is obviously the guy i have in this group he's the number one target um i mean if you're playing the long game in Dynasty, there's an argument to be made that he's a top two tied in in Dynasty, just because of Travis Kelsey's age. Um, but it, it'd be a tall argument to make, but you definitely could make it. Uh, but Darren Waller is definitely, the. it's like those top three, and then there's a big drop, in my opinion, until we see TJ Hawkinson raise his game to the next level.
1: And um, Evan so- Ingram.
2: Dude, Evan Ingram's going to have to turn it around <laughs> soon because he's had a bunch of years to do it, and I'm starting to run out of hope. Uh, but just speaking of what the Raiders have, um, Waller is obviously the target, uh, especially if you're in a tight end premium league. I mean, those guys are gold. But uh, I, I actually do agree. I mean, I'm not totally against Ruggs. I do agree that he's, you know, I, I own him in a league, and I've spoken about it before. I, I think he's worth taking a shot on going forward. He's definitely a good buy low. But uh, he and he seems from what I've read, he seems to understand that his season wasn't up to par and he seems to really want to fix it in the offseason. So, um, you know, people that have the right mentality, tend to succeed after a while. So. He's a good guy to take a chance on. And I do think this is a high probability team to be taking a draft pick. I mean, they they cannot go into next season with this as their receiving core. So look for them to try to either take a draft pick or bring in a really good free agent here because they need help in this area.
0: I've heard talks of Juju Smith-Schuster coming to, to uh, uh, Las Vegas. He, he yeah. definitely seems like
2: a Gruden guy. But yeah. my God, do I hate that pick as like a talent perspective. I,
0: I, I yeah, and this is somebody who hates the Steelers for multiple reasons, not just being a Browns fan. But um, uh, I think Juju has a lot of talent, and I you know I think he has maybe a focus problem. But I don't have a problem with players having a life outside of football. Like I don't think it necessarily detracts from their on-field play because they're on social media or anything like this. I mean, he's, he, he's a very good talent. I don't think he's the elite receiver. Everybody had thought he was for a time. And I think that's the issue is that he uh, let people down on their expectations in that sense. But I think if he's your wide receiver too, in a dynasty, he's 23 years old, I would feel great about that. And, you know, a lot of people are off of him. That being said, you know, we don't know where Juju's going to go, but I think the Raiders could be, I would have that written down as a good landing spot uh, to help he's out. He's not
1: going that. to the Raiders. They traded for Martavius Bryant and Antonio Brown and blew up in their face. There's no way they're going after another Pittsburgh wide receiver. That would be hilarious,
0: though, if they went for third time. That's interesting. That's a good point. But we'll see see what happens. Besides that, is there any uh, predictions you guys have uh, in free agency or through the draft? I do want
1: to say one thing about Darren Waller. Uh he's a really good example of picking up somebody off of like waivers or just really late in drafts that like have played a good long career. Cause he's 29 years old and he just broke out, you know, in 2019. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people in dynasties. You could have picked him up off of waivers or super late in drafts right before that. So whenever you're looking at like sleepers and like guys to pick up and thinking they can't be anything, you really never know. And I think that's interesting. A lot of people forget and Darren Waller is a perfect, position because you're saying he's a top three tight end nathan mm-hmm. and you could just pick him off of waivers the previous year I, I think that's crazy and that's what makes dynasty so interesting
0: james, james robinson of tight ends absolutely james
1: robinson of tight ends and, and
2: always remember when you're looking at waiver wire pickups and deciding like you cannot teach athleticism like mm-hmm. he, he is a very big very fast really good athlete and like coaches can do a lot with that you you can only do so you can't teach speed you can't teach strength I mean you can help it but you can't teach it so I I expect like when you're making these waiver wire pickups like if you're deciding between two guys go with the guy with the more athletic upside Mm -hmm. Uh, because in the case like Darren Waller and many others it, it tends to work out for the better.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, bud. Um, yeah, well, go ahead and uh, just piggyback on that, Nathan. Uh, is you, you mentioned wide receiver, but is there other places? Obviously, defense, uh, secondary, they need pass rushers. Um, is there any predictions you have for the draft or for free agency? Um, anything along those lines?
2: Uh, yeah, free agency, I haven't predicted out as much. I definitely think they're going to be bringing in some help, but the defense – has got to get better, um, especially in the middle of the D-line. They have to get some D-tackle help. So I expect them to target that in the draft as well. Um, they also need uh, another edge player to rotate between Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell. So they they need some help on that D-line. Um, lineback, linebacker, they could use another guy or two, but they, they honestly have a good guy in the middle there in Corey Littleton. Um, but they need help in the secondary. They especially at safety. Um, Jonathan Abrams is a good run stopper, but he sucks in coverage. And they have got to get someone who can help erase that issue. Uh, I, being a Georgia fan, I would like to see him go to a better team. But if they got Richard McCout or someone at that position. Then he does so much to erase that issue of Jonathan Abrams. So, and he gets you a lot of turnovers in the process. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think they have a lot to work on on the defensive side of the ball. But I could also see them, like if Jalen Waddell falls their pick, they're at number 17. And you wouldn't think, but we saw where CD Lamb went last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could have Jalen Waddle sitting there. Uh, Rashad Bateman would be a great compliment. I think, as a Ooh. big receiver uh, opposite of Ruggs. So um, there's a lot of different ways they could go in this
0: draft. Yeah, Micah?
1: Yeah, and they have, like, just a ton of holes to fill, and that's kind of why they're gonna going to be going at all sorts of different positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact they gave John Groom a 10-year contract, he'd probably be a little bit on the hot seat right now. But he's not. they're gonna he'll probably at least make it to six years, I would think, before they actually try to do anything. So yeah. he's got his time to turn around. I think gonna... Mayock would take the ball before he does, oh, honestly. I could see them firing Mayock after this year if things don't go well and they get they... a new GM. And then if it doesn't work out with that GM and Gruden, then I could see them maybe off Gruden. Or Gruden wins the Super Bowl with Las Vegas and Derek Carr has a redemption tour. Who knows what's going to happen?
2: Yeah, if, if somehow they get Von Miller and just turn into, like, the best <laughs> defense, you know, one of the best of all time and run it back his buck strategy, then sure, but
1: mm. – I don't think he has the
2: offense to do it in the modern NFL, dude. I just don't.
1: And, you know, you're already a terribly run organization when you're bringing in Vic Beasley and Tat McKinley to try to play for your team.
0: Yeah.
2: I I, I wrote that down. I was like, they're losing some serious (laughs) edge rushing power here.
0: (laughs) I don't know how they're ever going to financially recover from this. That's some Falcons defensive drafting for you. No, but uh, just to to, to make one last point about the Raiders before we move on, um, uh, I – Disagree a little bit with a couple of the, or with one major point that you made uh, Nathan and that uh, Mm -hmm. I do expect them. I think in free agency, they're going to address the wide receiver because they already have these, these two young wide receivers. I expect them to maybe get somebody a little bit older and more established. If Chris Godwin doesn't go to the bucks, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that. But uh, I expect in free agency. They're going to draft the receiver, the problem and maybe use their draft capital, like you said, in the middle of the defense and, the, the edge of the defense and the secondary and, you know, everything that they need. So, uh, but you know, we'll, 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 see. I mean, it's uh, if, if, if Waddle did fall to their late pick, I think that would, that that's the strongest case for maybe they just say, you know what, fuck it. This is the best talent we got. But uh,
1: you know, I think mm. they have
0: Brian Edwards and Henry rugs that they're going to want to develop and maybe just bring in a guy to help show them the ropes.
2: Yeah, and I I definitely could see that. They haven't had much luck drafting them. So, might want to just get a guy that you know is no can play ball, but uh but they also have done a shit job drafting safeties and corners and defensive linemen as well. So, <laughs> you you can't fill all your holes in free agency, so they they're, they're going to have to do it some way in the draft.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, with that, we're going to move on to our fourth team here and talk about the Los Angeles Chargers, and it is a team that I'm very excited to talk about for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of uh, intrigue, I think, on on this team, especially on the – well, on the offense and defense, to be to be fair. But, uh, yeah, uh, Michael, why don't you talk about the quarterback situation, the very good situation, I think.
1: You mean the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Herbert, the man who was a puncture long away from not becoming a superstar until next year? what can you say about this man he's going to just go out next year and sling the ball around he's gonna fall in love with everybody they're all gonna like the guy because he's a really nice good guy he's not cocky he's got his head on right and everyone's just gonna love him especially being in la la is a huge market once they start falling for the chargers like they have kind of the rams oh, it's, oh he just he has to grow the hair back out and Dude, I was, that's what I was laughing about. The Anakin Skywalker Padawan haircut was just gold. Maybe he oh, went to okay. a beach for his first time in his life and he didn't like the sand. <laughs> and so he decided yeah. to cut it off. It's, it's coarse and it gets everywhere, you
0: know? Right. Yeah. But his hair aside, uh, obviously, this guy is an incredible quarterback he's laser accurate he has a cannon arm he moves well in the pocket he actually has a little enough athleticism to scramble sometimes um he had the best quarterback rating under pressure of any rookie quarterback of all time that's pretty pretty incredible
1: uh and and when you're doing that that early in your career it's honestly just a good sign of things to come that's yeah. one of the things that heart like rookies, really struggle with is the pass rush. And when he did
0: what he did, yeah, he said he's got he's got the confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I for me, I think he's gonna be my dynasty quarterback. I'll, I'll say between five and seven. It's hard right now, but he's, uh, I'm, I'm flirt. He's flirting with the top five. I really want to get him there. There is a couple more established guys that mm-hmm. maybe you have to put over him. But for me, I mean, just for how young he is and the kind of season he just had and the kind of weapons he has on this offense that we'll get into um, it's really exciting for Justin Herbert and the prospects. And if, if uh, Brandon Staley, the new coach is uh, you know, any kind of, a uh, decent head coach that can manage a play clock. I mean, if, if they had a guy that can manage a play clock, they had four or five more wins than they had this year. So, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think they, I'm not going to, you know, they could be competing with, with the Kansas city chiefs in that division for the for years to come. Uh, you know, I don't know how often they're going to win that battle, but it's going to be a competition.
1: We'll have to see how many people get hurt before week four, before, we start talking about what the Chargers are gonna do. Yeah.
2: The, yeah we have sure. to see
0: if the curse will continue. Right. Uh uh, yeah, but uh Nathan, uh you got anything to add about uh Justin Herbert here?
2: Uh I could, but it would be redundant at this point. So uh yeah, I mean he's uh he's the man. So do you guys uh, have an
0: idea of where you might have him ranked in dynasty?
2: uh i mean honestly kind of similar to where you're putting him where he's definitely in my top 10 um you know probably my top eight uh i i kind of need to recheck the list but he's i remember definitely him being out of my top five just based on people having more experience Mm over him um and being more established like you said but he's he's easily a top 10 guy um i think i mentioned our rookie podcast but i have him and burrow just kind of in
1: that late top 10 tier Yeah. Mm -hmm. micah Oh, I have him in the top ten of quarterbacks as well. Because here's what we've been able to notice so far through our series that we're doing. This is the eighth team that we talked about. Only one of these teams have we really only talked about their backup quarterback. It's really hard to be a quarterback in the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I, that's really all I have to say about it is that it's hard to be a quarterback. He's good. You take him in the top ten quarterbacks because he's at least proven of one year of what he's capable of being.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, with that, let's move on to the the running back group here, and uh, that um, I think the first guy to talk about is Austin Eckler, who had some injury problems this year, but when he was on the field, he averaged sixteen points a game, so still putting up great numbers. He's twenty five. Uh, what is, what's your outlook on Austin Eckler going forward, Micah?
1: It's hard for me to judge with him because I like his production and what he does. I like his tape, honestly. Watching him, he's a little quick guy. And it's just enjoyful to watch. But i just also never been super high on him. Like, when I saw people in redraft last year taking him in the second round, I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> I was never high enough on him and wanted to take him that early. But I still think he's a really good player, and I kind of like him in Dynasty. After Even though he had his injury last year, he still was productive, and now he's got a more seasoned quarterback. And if they run a new offense around checking down to the running back more, Dude, he's, I mean, he could be a PPR monster for all I know. Right. I, I'm I'm higher on him at this point in time than I've probably ever been throughout his career.
0: All right. Nathan, anything to, to add to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, he'll only be 26 next year, um, and he's not just a quick little guy either, and not that you were implying that, but he...
1: He's got power like- to him.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're like, dude, go look up the amount of like him in the weight room. He is a freak. Mm-hmm. Like he is just under like the Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley level of being able to move weight for how big he is. So yeah, he's a very powerful runner as well. Um, Honestly, like I have underrated him the past couple of years in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he did get hurt, banged up a little bit in this year, but he is, I think one of the most underrated fantasy assets Um you know yeah in the in in the nfl not to be redundant, jesus christ yeah <laughs> it's been a long episode guys um but yeah not to uh, go on too long but eckler's the clear workhorse in that offense they love giving him the ball um i'm excited to see uh, we haven't talked about this yet but steve stitchen i think Stitchen is his name but their new offensive coordinator from the saints mm-hmm. like if they use him like they use alvin kamara and they have very similar skill sets like mm-hmm. This guy could be fantastic next year. So, yeah, keep that in mind. I'm, you know, I'd be interested to see where he falls when we end up doing
1: our final mm-hmm. rankings.
2: But I, you know, now I'm thinking about it, he's going to be moving up on mine.
1: Yeah. And he, they signed him to a four year deal and let Melvin Gordon go in free agency. That shows how high, like, the organization in general was on him.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think both of you guys mentioned that you guys were a little lower on him. I think there's something to remember in in, in fantasy, particularly uh, obviously in PPR. Um, if you're not playing PPR, Austin Eckler does lose a lot of value. That's certainly true. He's ran for about 500 yards the past two years, but in PPR, a catch for a running back is on average is worth about 1.4 points. Um, at least this past season, it was where a rush is worth about 0. 0.6 points in PPR. League. So these PPR monsters, I mean, you know, obviously the Cameras, um, Eckler, they really are kind of the Konami codes of of running backs, you know? So, um, and obviously when you can find a rare guy like McCaffrey, that can do both, then you've broken mm. the whole game. But, uh, you know, Austin Eckler, I, you made a lot of great points, Nathan. And I think, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if he does have that Camara upside um, and maybe catapult himself into a realm that most people – don't kind of consider him in at the moment
2: yeah and let's be clear i don't think he's ever going to have a season like Camara's best or anything like that but no. he he could definitely be in the rb1 category um this in
0: function in the offense so. mm-hmm. right right well uh i think the only other guys to really talk about um there's josh kip Ke- josh kelly and justin jackson there um uh, you know, Josh Kelly, I drafted him. Um, he didn't didn't really turn out that great, uh, this year. He actually was had a horrible year, uh, averaged uh, three yards of carry, uh, so not good. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, J- uh, Justin Jackson, uh, this is a guy that I've always been high on since he came in. Uh, he's he's kind of a similar guy to Austin Eckler, so it's frustrating him backing him up, but he's a great PPR guy. If you follow him on Twitter, I'm a big fan of him personally. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, he's a very outspoken and uh political guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I've always rooted for him, but, uh, that being said, he hasn't really turned out and performed. I think, uh, you know, I'm still going to take him very, very late in drafts where he's falling as a, you know, RB seven, RB eight in your dynasty. But, um, you know, I, I, I think I might be ready to give up on him this year if nothing happens again. So, uh, We'll have to see. But one of those two guys will probably emerge as a change of pace back and maybe be a fantasy viable some weeks. Um, Anything to add about the running backs, Micah?
1: No, I think you're hitting on the head. Um, They could be viable some weeks due to, like, an Eckler injury or them getting, like, goal line touches Uh, because they did that a lot last year between Bollage and Josh Kelly. They were just bringing in different guys. And people mm. are vulturing touchdowns, and that hurt Eckler's production a little bit. But Eckler really gets hurt for like a long a period of time, they're just going to throw it with Herbert more than they did this past year. So, mm, their guys have them in case you need to start them, but hopefully you don't need to, and you just kind of have them for emergency purposes.
0: Right. Right. Well, let's move on to these pass catchers then. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting names, but there's not a lot of uh, names, I don't think, on um, this, especially with uh, one of the pass catchers, Hunter Henry, going into free agency and likely not being re signed. Uh, but Nathan, why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about this receiving core?
2: Uh, yeah, at the top, it's pretty stable. Um, you've got mm-hmm. obviously Keenan Allen, who has the past several years really shown his consistency. Um, you know, there was a while there where he was hard to trust just based on his injuries and everything, but um, the past several years, he's really he's really proven a very valuable fantasy asset and consistent at that. So um, definitely a wide receiver one for me, um, you know, I, in redraft for sure, I would need to think about where I would put him based on age, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as how he's going to perform next year, easily a wide receiver one, in my opinion. Um, but their only other person of note at that, uh, at the wide receiver position is Mike Williams, who is also a good guy to have Or mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I imagine their offense is going to be even better next year. So, uh, but I do expect them to be bringing in some help here. They can't just, they can't just, uh, roll with those two guys and especially with Hunter Henry being gone. So, um, yeah, they're, I think they're going to be bringing in some wide receiver help
0: yeah no I I definitely agree with that um yeah Keenan Allen always been a big fan of him I've had him on my league for uh quite a while uh uh, several redraft leagues um but uh yeah I think he's a great receiver he was wide receiver 14 this year with a couple of injuries but he had 100 receptions and almost a thousand yards so uh that's fantastic uh but Mike Williams is a guy I've always been high on too and he's never turned out and I don't get it he's 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 got all the physical gifts he's in a great situation I just I don't I don't understand part of it is injury but even when he's on the field sometimes he just kind of disappears and I uh this is he's another guy I kind of feel like Justin Jackson where I've always been high on but if he doesn't do anything this year I'm gonna have to finally cut those heartstrings and uh let him not the
2: best route runner in the world is one of the problems Mm -hmm. I'm I need to break down some of his film from this year and really study the issues. But yeah, I mean, he was a guy I thought was going to break out a lot more coming out of Clemson. So um, yeah, yeah,
1: it's either next year or no year, I think. Well, this year's his fifth year option that they picked up. So, I mean, that really is his like deciding year of show us what you're going to do. Same thing happened to Corey Davis and we'll see if Corey Davis is actually they did decline Corey Davis fifth year option. And he
0: actually
1: came on strong this year, but they decided to pick up Mike Williams fifth year contract. So mm-hmm. make it or break it for him. Cause here's the thing. They have Keen Allen signed for another four years. Mm-hmm. They, they have him signed up through Herbert's rookie contract. So maybe they'll give Mike Williams a somewhat cheap deal unless he like just balls out this season or they're going to be trying to bring in other people. Cause Jalen Guyton and, um uh what's his name it's not tyron jo- is it tyron johnson tyron johnson yep mm-hmm. yeah tyron johnson and kj hill jr that they drafted last year those your three through five guys no
0: yeah yeah they're definitely gonna have to bring in past catching help especially with the departure as i mentioned of uh the their tight end hunter henry who i think is a very good oh, tight end. and it'll be very interesting to see where he lands um but uh one i don't know they might address there's this this draft is very tight end heavy um they do have the 13th pick uh, you know, I feel like we've mentioned this name about three times already on this podcast, but, uh, Kyle Pitts, man, if he falls to that pick yeah. number 13, he shouldn't, but if he does, uh, that would be an awesome landing spot. But if it didn't happen, one guy having free agency, somebody that a lot of people have forgotten about, and I'd love to see if he could turn it around in an offense that has tons of other options. Well, at least other elite option, past catching options in, uh, in Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, uh, Zach Ertz. It'll be really interesting to see the the Eagles are gonna try to try to be shopping him and it'd be really Really interested to see if he landed there. I think uh, it would make me higher on him than maybe some other landing spots that he he could end up going to. So I don't know that that's going to happen. That's just something that I thought could be done. Looked in their cap space. Uh, I don't know that Zachary going to be terribly expensive, a 30-year-old tight end on his decline. So it would be interesting to see if maybe uh, that would give some reliable, reliable, you know, mid to short field target for Justin Herbert. But do you guys got anything to add uh, about Hunter Henry or the t- what you think might happen with the tight end position?
1: they're going to add a tight end some way. Like I heard reports they're not going to sign Hunter Henry and everybody else is not good. And their best one was Virgil Green, and he was like 32 years old this past season. You don't want him as your starting tight end. So draft, free agency, trade, whatever they're going to do, there will be a new tight end. So I'll keep a very close eye on who that is, and I might go after him. Again, listeners,
2: you can count on me to find those tight end diamonds in the rough. And I think we may possibly have one here. If you're talking about really by very low guys, uh, Donald Parham. He is obviously not a well-known guy, but he was an XFL superstar. Oh. He has a freakish athletic build. He is six foot eight, 257 pounds, and runs a 40 time with a 4-6. He's a very athletic guy. He was a, uh, he was honestly a very quick Redstone target. He only had 10 receptions this year, but he had three touchdowns on those receptions. Justin Herbert liked targeting him. Uh, no surprise, the dude is 6'8. So um, he had three TDs and very limited action. Um, so if you're looking for a very deep dive tied end guy, we, you know, I just kind of laid the breadcrumbs out for this talking about very athletic tied ends and Darren Waller, uh, he didn't break out till he was like 28 or something. So Donald Parham might be a guy you want to, uh, keep in mind.
0: All right. Yeah. That's a deep, deep name there, but yeah, I like, I like that Nathan. I appreciate I feel like that, uh, yeah, he's probably on waiver wires in every dynasty league. So, you know, that might, if you, if you got a spot on your roster, can't hurt, right? Listen to Mr. Nathan's advice and see if he can uh, help you out in your tight end position there. But all right, guys, with that, we're going to move on to our little uh, uh, divisional ranking uh, thing that we did at the end of uh, last week's uh, segment. So um, with that, uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks and I'll start out. I think number one, it's pretty clear who the number one quarterback in not only this division, but every division in NFL football. And that is Patrick Mahomes. Um, Number two for me is Justin Herbert. And like I said, this is a guy that I think they're going to be dueling it out. Um, really competitive matches and competitive, uh, not just head to head matches, but for the d- battles for the division, it's going to be uh, really fun to see in the future. Uh, number three, I have Derek Carr and, uh, Number four by default, I had to put uh, Drew Lock because uh I, I guess there's. I could have put Mariota, but I think, I think I'm still gonna put Drew Lock there. Yeah, number four. Uh, what about you guys? What's your rankings, Megan?
1: Number one, Mahomes. Should be everyone's consensus number one across all platforms. Number two is Herbert. Obviously, he could be one in a lot of divisions, but he just happens to be two because of this one. Three, Derek Carr. He's the third best quarterback. There's a gap between him and Herbert, but he's a number three guy. Mariota at number four. He's yeah. the fourth best quarterback in the division, even though he probably won't be in the division going forward, but he's still signed to him. And then five Drew Locke by default.
0: Sounds like you agreed with 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 Micah's rankings there, Nathan.
2: I do, and I I was hoping to be unique in putting Drew Lock at number five, but uh, mm-hmm. Mike got to him before I could. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, especially with Mariota looking like he's probably going to get traded, um, mm-hmm. even in fantasy outlets, I would put him uh, at number five. I mean, but would obviously, draft him.
0: you drafted before Drew Lock and a startup. Honestly, yeah.
2: Cause like Mariota has shown multiple fair. seasons as a starter and been successful at it in the past. And Drew Lock hasn't. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I don't trust John Elway's ability to scout quarterbacks at all. So
0: yeah, yeah I'll, I mean, go, I'll
2: go with Mariota
0: on that. I didn't hate, I don't hate that argument. I, you know, I, even when I was saying Drew Lock in number four, you know, I didn't say it with a lot of confidence. So I, I don't, don't blame either of you guys for disagreeing there, but, uh, all right, let's move on to these running backs. Uh, for me, uh, this is very difficult. If we're, you know, for me, number one and two switch if it's dynasty or redraft for me. But if we're talking dynasty, uh, my rankings are Clyde edwards uh Josh Jacobs. Austin Eckler. Oh my God! Melvin Gordon. We're oh. <laughs> taking the draft.
1: I'm gonna take Josh Jacobs
0: first. Wait, but... wait. Can you
1: start from the top? Because I heard nothing after Clyde edwards alaire <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think I date. think the listeners did so. But no, my three and four were Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Number two, uh, Jacobs. And if this is redraft, that switches up a little bit. Uh, that that Jacobs is gonna go number one. Uh but yeah, I uh I'm big on Clyde. These guys aren't. That's that's how this podcast goes. We have a discipline uh, there. Uh Nathan, what do what are your rankings and how how do they disagree with mine? Okay. All right, sorry,
2: I gotta refocus. Um yeah. <laughs> okay, and Dynasty, yeah, Jacob's number one. I'm gonna be honest, I totally forgot about this exercise leading in, so we're going from the top here, but um, Josh Jacobs number one for me. Uh, Austin Eckler would be number two. Oh god, uh, what to do? What to do? Yeah, I mean, give me just based on age, I'll put Clyde at number three. But it's a toss up between him and Melvin Gordon. But I, yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon probably only has two more good years left, so I'll, I'll give it to Clyde for sure.
0: So in Dynasty, I just want to be clear in the startup draft, there is literally 12 rounds that separate those two players. So just how far you guys are off of consensus is uh
1: is is bad. well,
0: consensus had him at
1: number one rookie overall
0: last year.
2: So we see what that matters. I, understand. I,
1: understand. I mean the Oakland Raiders That's- selected Jamarcus Russell number one overall. That doesn't mean they were right.
0: Right. No, I understand. It's just, you know, we're like laughing hysterically, but most people's rankings but that's okay. Most people we'll, we'll, are wrong. We'll see what, happen. we'll, we'll see what happens. Do uh, most
2: people have him above Jacobs? There's no way.
0: In Dynasty, probably. Oh, I Jay. mean, there's. <laughs> you, mentioned it, you, you mentioned it yourself, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's uh-huh. running Jacobs into the ground. He probably only had. I mean, I, I think, I think he'll get a second contract somewhere, even if the Raiders don't resign him. Don't get me wrong. I think Josh Jacobs is good, and it's hard for me. It was really hard for me to decide between those two, but and I actually have them both on in a league that we, we play in. So, if, uh, you know, if I was trading one away, uh, for me, I believe in Clyde Edwards and I believe in the chiefs offense call me crazy for that, but I'm sticking to that gun. And, um, you know, we'll see if it tanks my dynasty team, but I feel pretty good about it. So, and having both of them, I definitely feel, feel good about too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm big on them both, but, uh, Micah, why don't you get to yours?
1: Oh, I have Josh Jacobs in number one. I think he should be the consensus number one for this division. There's a there's an argument to be made for Austin Eckler, but I think it's firmly Jacobs number one, Austin Eckler number two. Because I don't think I they're
2: that far apart in the age. Like me either, two, two years or something like that. So
1: Eckler still has plenty of tread left on the tire. Yeah, they're three years different by the start of the season. Yeah, uh, gotcha. And but huh, you never know. I mean, Eckler's still the <laughs> may have <laughs> their the birthday could change. You never know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> never know which way the sun moves and what solar season it is. You know. So my
0: t- my typical strategy in Dynasty is, of course, this. Ha- I mean, I there. I just had to take Aaron Jones, but uh, twenty five and up for 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 running backs, I'm gonna avoid. Uh, not to say that there's gonna be not gonna have one or two good years, but I would much rather, especially in the startup, um, have a guy that I feel like I could have a potential four years with, and, and hopefully, you know, running backs drop and, off fast, and a lot of times. Uh, yeah, not to say there's nobody over 25 that I wouldn't take or this or that, uh, but for me, uh, just Austin Eckler's age does make him drop in when I rank him in Dynasty. Uh, yeah, definitely the, the four years age difference, five years between him and Clyde uh, is, is, is significant in my eyes. But um, here's the way I look at it when
1: it comes to drafting players with age and Dynasty. Odds are in majority of drafts, Josh Jacobs is going to go ahead of Austin Eckler. And people are going to let Austin Eckler slip because of his age, and you are going to get Josh, or you are going to get Austin Eckler a much better value than you Certainly would Josh Jake. And that's kind of why I want to rake him in dynasty purposes ahead of him, just because I know where I'll be able to get him. I can get yeah, more of a sure fair. thing wide receiver, and that Josh Jacobs pick, and then I can get Austin Eckler in the next that's round. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I think I think you know. I guess to be clear, we yeah, it's like are we ranking them based on um. You know, who we would take first in a draft or who we think is going to be the best value. Yeah, there's definitely an argument to be made there, certainly. But with that, let's move on to our wide receiver rankings. Oh,
1: uh, we'll spend- I didn't get to finish. We'll enough- we'll finish.
2: All right, oh, sorry, from the top, we finish. got really run down. <laughs> yes,
1: so it goes Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, because audience, you can always be wrong about something, and I could possibly be wrong about him, so I'm going to put him at three. For Melvin Gordon. And I didn't want to list the rest of the running backs in the division right. because they're honestly not relevant.
0: Right. All right. Well, well that will move on to the receiving core. Um, yeah, uh, for me, those rankings are as followed. Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy, number four. Um, uh, Nathan, what, what do you think That is there? Do you, do you agree with those rankings? um yeah I agree with your first three
2: um yeah I would say Judy's upside also would put him at number four
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and you know it's interesting actually in the in the dynasty draft startup draft I just did there was three rounds that separated Jerry went three rounds before Cortland Sutton so Cortland Sutton you know the people forget really quickly um and uh so yeah I think he's gonna be a value and I'm a big Judy guy but don't get me wrong but uh you know, if I could get Cortland Sutton to even one round later, I mean uh, that I would definitely go for that over Judy. So, um, Cortland Sutton's only 25; he's not so old that I'm that worried about his age. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, I I am a Judy fan, but I still definitely have to have Cortland Sutton above him, and he's a better value. So it's a, it's a great deal. Um, Micah, go ahead and give us yours.
1: So goes Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton. Name then I do have Jerry Judy at four because of his potential and me being possibly wrong. Uh, five mm-hmm. I have Mike Williams, six Mecole, mm-hmm. seven Henry Ruggs, KJ Hamler at eight, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar at nine, and Jalen Guyton at ten.
0: All right, the top Dude, ten. You just did
1: an entire list and included Jalen Guyton. <laughs> yeah, no, i love I mean, him, I shoot him a 10 compared Michael to the rest of the team i mean
2: I, I just brought up donald parham a little bit ago so yeah, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> pointing fingers but yeah. all right guys with that we'll talk about the tight ends here just uh my rankings this was actually very hard to do because all four teams have good this tight ends. is loaded yes it is the last week we this 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 part wasn't that interesting but uh for me it goes kelsey still first uh, over waller but then waller uh, Noah Fant and then Hunter Henry uh, Micah what about you
1: I have the same exact list this is just one of those weird divisions where it's kind of it's easy to see where the top dogs are at compared to the, the puppies
0: right
2: Nathan so, yeah I mean you know for the sake of being different I'm going to go ahead and put Waller above uh, Kelsey Ooh, I like it I like it yeah. Just right. like so a, that means if
0: Kelsey has a better season than Darren Waller, you can never listen to Mike about or damn it, about Nathan. About no, no, Anthony, no, no. Okay. no I'm just kidding. I'm just
2: kidding. No, no well don't <laughs> get me wrong. In redraft, take Kelsey over Waller. In right. Dynasty, I'm gonna go ahead and take Waller. Uh right. I I think Kelsey has seen his best years. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, Waller still has several years till he reaches the age Kelsey just had his best ever season. So um, his arrow is, is still pointing up and I think Kelsey's is starting to point down. So if you have Kelsey, might, now might be a good time to sell high, but I'll be unique and make that switch. But the rest, I'm going to keep the same. And uh, I won't do a top 10, but will number five, I would put Albert O and then mm-hmm. number six, we'll go ahead and put uh, Donald Parham. All right, all, right. all right i like i've it. said it enough times they'll remember the name now yeah yeah
0: i got it <laughs> Donald Parham. All right. uh yeah so um yeah with that uh the last thing we're gonna do and we actually forgot to do this last week um i want to uh us to all go around and for real football sake uh pick the division winner for each of these uh divisions so uh with this one who do you do I, we might have unanimous agreement but you know what i might be a contrarian just like nathan just did but Who's going to win this division, Micah, next season? The Chiefs. Who's going they're... to win the division next season? The Maybe. Chiefs.
1: Yeah, uh, oh, the Chiefs. He the... wasn't asking a <laughs> question. I was confused. Uh, I didn't know if he didn't hear me. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, uh,
2: no. The it's it's the Chiefs, I think, yeah. handily.
0: And I'm going to pick the Chargers uh, because they have a much better basis. De- because they have a much better defense, and uh, when all those guys, when Joey. What? Bo- when Joey Bosa and Derwin James are there they're going to Derwin have a- James is
2: never there <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the one season he was and the they're losing Melvin Ingram season, that, that's okay he's kind of, i mean he, he's on the downward downward spiral Dude, I mean, well,
2: they don't have any linebackers yeah they're losing Denzel Perriman. they have a better forward. they have
0: a better defense than the chiefs they the 100% with all their starters there they they will have a better and we'll, we'll see what happens in free agency Again, I was going to pick the Chiefs, but I felt like being contrarian. So, the Chargers because of the defense. Mm-hmm. Contrarian or you
2: want. I like the contrarian take, but I'm going to have to do some analytical diving. But
0: Hey, Ooh. I mean, that's I all right. right. And, look, I might be wrong. That's a hot take, but I'm willing to – I'm willing to dive. Okay. I like Chargers. it. Let's go. Do you have um, the Broncos at number two? Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't have number okay. two. Would have to be the Raiders. Okay. Hold on. The Raiders beat the Chiefs. They're a better team than them.
2: Dude. <laughs> if the Broncos got Deshaun Watson, do you put Ooh. him? In two? That's hot. Ooh, um, <laughs> I don't
0: know. Maybe, yeah, you know what?
2: maybe. I would. I would. <sighs> yeah, yeah maybe. I would. I, 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 I
0: don't would. know that. I don't know that I would. Patrick Mahomes is still more appealing, I think, than Deshaun Watson. But it would be hard. It would be hard. So the last thing I do want us to cover, because we did forget last week, guys, is uh, who do you think is going to win the NFC West? Um, I think there's uh, maybe two teams that 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 would be tough to choose. But for me, I think I am going to go with the Rams, that defense. Uh, I, picked, I picked the Chargers because I thought they had a better defense. they so obviously the best defense in the league with Matt Stafford it's hard to pick against them but Seattle of course is the other team that I did flirt with choosing. What about you Nathan? I think I know who you have.
2: It's the Rams. I mean, yeah, I, I think they're uh I think they're the favorite but they're the clear choice for me. Um the Seahawks I would put it number 2 but you know the 49ers were a Super Bowl team just a year ago. So yeah. Uh, you know, I with all the injuries they had this year, if they have a good draft and they put it together, I can definitely see them being a threat as well. So it's it's a stacked division,
1: the NFC West. But what and do you Micah? think, Micah? Uh, I think it's going to be the Rams too. And I would honestly put the Rams as the team most likely to get the first round by next year. I, I think they can be good enough to be the number one seed in the NFC.
0: Yeah, exactly. like yeah, and and I think next season, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to go back to the two by system. Is is that y'all's understanding or or? I think they... if
1: they go to 17 games, are they going to get two bys No, oh,
0: that's a good question. I don't know. We'll see. I will see. No. We'll have to see. What I don't think to... they've ever done two bys I don't they? know if that's been that teams been getting buyings. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, think... two
1: teams. Yeah. No, I think they're sticking with seven teams in total. Okay.
0: Yeah, I've um, heard rumors
1: about eight possibly and not even having a first round bye, which I think is Bush League, but that NFL be... does what he wants. Right, right.
0: All right, guys. Well, with that, we're gonna conclude this fifth episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs. We appreciate you guys sticking with us and uh listening to our conversation. Takeaways from this is basically just uh draft Darnold Parnum uh tight end number three overall, right? One oh one Patrick <laughs> yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, partner's yeah, coming he, in strong.
2: Yeah, when don't, you to
1: find a tight end like that.
2: Don't let my repetition uh, uh, overinflate his value, but yeah, he's a deep, deep target.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. He I, and I agree with. I agree with Nathan. I, I'm just, you know, being a shit. And, when, and whenever
1: you see a deep tight end like that, you take it.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs>
0: All right. With that, guys, we're going to log off. This is Josiah, Nathan, and Micah. Fantasy Dogs out.